How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. It is Wednesday, June 2-2, and this is Golf Talk Live's 19th Hole Podcast. Alan DePew joining you with our panel. We only have three. We only have a threesome today, but I have Boston Bob Baldessari, and I have Andy Hydorn joining us. Andy's back from his little hiatus when he was up in a little town called Brookline. And, uh, boys, there is a ton of stuff to talk about. Golf world is blowing up literally all around us, but I want to talk about something extremely important right out of the gate. Do you put your cereal in the bowl first <laughs> or your milk? Cereal first. Andy? Yeah, I, I would happen to say it's a cereal first, milk second deal. Well, they did it. Okay, so so Colin Morikawa was it was linked to going to to be going to live. He got up early. The other morning, took to Twitter and said, I said this back in February. I'm saying this still again. I'm I'm not going anywhere. And now I got to go, you know, pour some cereal into my milk this morning, <laughs> which then set off a whole Twitter conversation, including JT chiming back, what's saying something to the effect. And I paraphrase what's more disturbing is that you're putting your cereal in after you've already put your milk in. That's not right. That's like well, the, the, you know, the Jerry Seinfeld joke, too, about cereal. Like, he goes, all your life, you put cereal in a bowl. You would know how much milk to put in, but you always go, oh, a little more, oh, a little more, oh, a little more. <laughs> <laughs> they so, so I don't even know who it was. They did Somebody did a, a Twitter poll. It was like 95% of the people in the world put the cereal in the bowl first. So I had to, I had to start, start a little podcast here today. I'd, I'd take the over on that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but but I'm not going to lie to you. Thinking about it, Morikawa may be onto something. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's like teeing your ball up while you're addressing the ball. I'm trying to come up with a golf little analogy. It, you tee the ball up, you get in pre sure routine, you hit it. That's but like what if, routine. But if, what, if, what if you want to measure the amount of your milk consumption? No, no. Maybe you want. Maybe you only want that. Like you know, I, I think someone who I think someone who's eating Lucky Charms doesn't care enough to measure his. Oh, milk dude, I love I love me some Lucky Charms. <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Do you remember Honeycombs? Do you ever remember those? That's oh, yeah. I'm really dating. I mean, Honeycombs were legit. I'm I've become more of a just a plain old Cheerios kind of guy with. Oh, you know, we can we can go back to when we were growing up. There were some serious classic. hardcore sugar bomb cereals out there. Oh, fruity pebbles, Frankenberry. Oh, Frankenberry. Nothing to I, do with breakfast. I yeah. used to I used to take Captain Crunch in a, in a little bowl, minus the milk, and and when we would go in between hockey during hockey games in, for, while they're doing an ice cut. I'd sit there and eat that so I can get a sugar rush. Yeah, that's right. Wow. So I was doping. I was doping in, in, in 12-year-old ice hockey in Vermont. Don't take any titles away. Exactly. All right. So milk, milk goes in after. That's what we've concluded. Check that one off the list. All right. Well, hang on a second. Let me reach over here. Okay. Check that off the list. All right. So um, anything else to talk about this week? It's a quiet week. Very quiet. It's a <laughs> sleepy like week in the golf in the golf yeah, world. Golf, golf business. How about wait? Have you ever heard this one? Hey, I'm just tired of talking about live golf. I just want to just focus on the U.S. Open and focus on majors. And I mean, then, I mean, how disingenuous is he? And, and then turns around and steals it from the KPMG from congressional by turning the focus to live golf and himself. Way to go Brooks. I mean, are, are you surprised? No, not at all. I mean, I mean, nope. if we start examining the roster here, 
it's uh, live stands for let's invite villains, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we got we got Bryson, we got. Oh my Phil, god! Can you Bryson. imagine the logo they could develop off of that? That'd I be- mean, good god! It's like everybody who's got a bad name in golf is just said, uh, "What the hell? I'm, I might as well take it all the way." I have seen some, I've seen some great ones going around social media though, like like the screenshot of Brooks was here over time from Sean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some good ones. Or or uh what was it? shit, what was the other one? There was another oh that, that Live Golf now has the market um on uh nude golfers. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one. And there's and there's a picture of Greg and when when he did his nude right. photo shoot and, right. and then Brooksy. Yeah. Oh. But uh hey Andy, welcome back. Good to see you. Thanks. I'm glad glad to be back. How good did that place look up there? You know what? It's that place in Bobby knows too. Um has a special place in my heart. I mean, I I love the country club. I I've I've played there in a bunch of tournaments and and uh it, it it's a proud it's a proud moment for a Bostonian, right, Bobby? Absolutely. I'm wicked proud. I would agree. Yeah. No, no um, doubt. And, and hold pause for a minute because I, I completely neglected in my lead and I was so busy wanting to get to the, the serial conversation. Uh, Andrew's doing Andrew things. Brendan's still teaching the golfers of tomorrow. But a big shout out to our little uh, pretty podcaster, Gen Z. You heard him last week coughing, hacking up a lung. Well, we at least did. Christian has COVID. He's actually still down due to COVID. So speedy recovery for our our little uh, our little golfing pal. Yes, speedy recovery, Christian. Yes, he, he needs it's a two extra clubs for Christian this week. He'll get his strength back. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I love how you threw that out of Bobby. That was perfect. Well, uh, you know we got to. You're, an, agen- sure you're an agenda guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, young guys still want to swing from the heels. That's right. Uh, but I was going to say, um, Andy and I, we we what back home in Boston is a, a really very very special amateur event called that we met. And they rotate it to different, really, really special golf courses back home. And they get it in the rotation of the country club. And every time, and I did this, I know for once or twice, uh, Andy, you might remember, but that we met was at the country club one year. And it's just, it's magical. You could be shooting just a million leading up, but there, you stand on the first tee at the country club and you feel like you can just, I don't know, there's something mystical about it there. Yeah, and I, I've always played well there. They also... They also used to do the Boston Globe used to do the tournament of club champions. Yeah. Um, and, and they had it at Brookline one year. I qualified for the U S amateur at Brookline. Um, it just, it's, it's such a great place. Uh, and, and you're right, Bobby. I, I mean, you, you get on that first tee and wow. Well, but, we didn't, I didn't really appreciate, you know, you sending us the videos and, and the whole time saying about how great it was here in, 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 we're working. <laughs> Just want to throw that out there to you. I was working as well. Thank I, you. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But, had, uh, you had 492 golfers the other day, so you were busy. Holy crap, guys! I had I did the math in a four-day stretch from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, with Monday being the new federal holiday. We put through over 1,300 rounds of golf. Oh my god! In, how's, you, how's your budget looking now, Alan? I'm still behind. You're catching up though. But I am catching. I'm back in the yep. ball game. Yeah, you're catching up. <laughs> Mother Nature tried to hit me, but I, I'm I'm, <laughs> I, I'm 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 dormy, but I'm still battling. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know what was neat with the the U.S. Open? I'm so glad they use that 11th hole. Well, they call it 11. Yeah, we met hole. Yeah, if you play the, it's not number 11. If we play it normally, is sort of uh, some of the rotation, but. I don't care what you call it, what number it is, but I love that little hole. It is just, that's what every golf course should have something like that. It's like at myopia hunt club, Mandy, this little 99 yard hole. The you ninth hole, three. the ninth hole at myopia. Yeah. You run, so, you uh, literally scooped over to number 10 cause you've made three. Uh, Scotty Scheffler would never say anything about that. Loving exactly. the 11th hole. At, um, <laughs> the yeah. Wee I know. Hole. Right. But I'll tell you what's funny is, and I'm—I want to go back to talk about the open a little bit more. But 
I was watching a little bit of Golf Channel today, and, and obviously coverage is focusing on the KPMG, which we got to talk about that also. I told you there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, and they've actually shortened the 10th at Congressional down at the Congo. Uh, it's playing 136, I think, this week. Nice. So, and, and they did this whole piece on on short par threes and the excitement that they can bring. And obviously the probably the most famous one is obviously Pebble. So, I mean, you got Pebble, you got, you got number 12 at Augusta, you got. Uh, There's a uh, great one at LA country club, like yeah. a great one at LA country club. It's like less than a hundred yards. I, clearly just shows that, di- I mean, distance, if the wind kicks up, I mean, that's what happened to Scheffler, right? Wind kicks yeah. up on him. He's trying to hit this little, you know, yep. trying to hit a little, take an extra club, knock it down a little bit. Yep. Or the wind stopped. I can't remember. I guess that's probably what happened. Bounds it over the back of the green. Three whacks later, he makes six and away he goes. I got I got to tell you guys too, and, and I don't know if you agree with me, but when you're out there watching a golf tournament, Versus when you're playing golf at the same place, spectating makes golf look so much harder. I mean, like, like looking at the country club at those holes, you know, from a spectator's point of view with no clubs in your hand, it just makes it so hard. Like, for example, the second hole at Brookline is a par four normally. Um, and they played as a par three and, and uh, it's a tough par three but it looks like it's 260 yards and it's only like 215 or 210. But wow. It's just, I don't know if you guys experienced that too, but, but watching golf makes golf look so much harder than playing golf. I know that when my parents would watch me play golf, it was worse for them watching. (laughs) Yeah. When you're, you know, when you get an emotional connection, you're, it's like watching our teams play. It's like when you're playing, you feel different. You're in the arena. You feel like I can hit any shot. Somebody, yep. somebody's watching you that knows you. It's it's a different feeling for sure. It's hard um, for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I guess I can agree with that. I mean, you, you I think you can have an appreciation when you're when you're playing. If you step up, if you're you're standing on the tee box behind the tee box on number ten, what they played is number ten. Right. I mean, or you're playing number ten. Mm-hmm. It's brutal either way. That is a badass hole. Yep. Yeah. It's really a par five, but it is. <laughs> I, I realize. You know, uh, one one comment on that eleventh hole, that par three. Here's my take: the tour players, the the generation that's been around for a while, and we were talking about this earlier before we hit record. They're not used to hitting knockdowns. They're not used to hitting flighted shots. Yep. If I use the term. Hey Joey, hey Mary, hit a knockdown to any kid that's a teenager. I'm talking Greek. They don't know what I'm talking about. So that art that Justin Thomas may be the only one on tour that really appreciates it to flight it. Uh, Trevino, Hogan, all those guys, they had different flights, different clubs, different. You know, Hogan never looked at the artage. It was just taking into account the the visuals and hitting the shot that he felt in his hands. And it that it was interesting. It was some sort of stat on 11. At one point, there were like nine, reg- it, the stat said 40 something, 42, I think, knockdowns, nine regular swings. You were you were there, Andy. I don't think it's, I think it was on Saturday, maybe. Um, it was just really interesting that they used the term knockdown. I was, I appreciated that, that they used the, the term because I didn't think anybody really uses that anymore. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just say that, that when Scotty, you know, it was a back pin. And the wind was gusty, like really gusty. Um, and I had left at that point, but my buddy Scott was there on the 11th hole texting me from, from where he was at. But, you know, Scheffler had a 140-yard shot and hit a gap wedge, what they were calling a knockdown, you know. Um, that's not really a knockdown. <laughs> no. That, I mean, he, he flew a gap wedge over the green. So he <laughs> hit it. 145 or 50 yards. Yeah, but did you have the sense? I, I mean, I know I at least my opinion was I, I was expecting him to just put his foot on the pedal and just run away, start to pull away and keep on going like three times that weekend. 
obviously that was the most important. I mean, he was he was starting to open up a stretch there, loses a bunch of shots. Even on yep. Sunday, on Sunday, I thought he was going to put his foot on the pedal and pull away again. I think I think he was the best playing golfer that didn't win. <laughs> well, Zal Torres may argue with me on that one. Yes, he may argue with you on that. But but to your point, yeah, I mean, uh, like like it seemed like like you know it's that carnival He's, game where you you're getting ahead and then you know you're well you're yeah he oh, well, I should, I, maybe I should say he seemed more perplexed. Like he would hit a shot and he's like, and he just like this look of like, why did that happen? What, yeah. you know, where, 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 what, what, what happened there? To your point though, Zalatoris, you could see, uh, and, and God, he's knocking at the door. What a talent. Um, as soon Every as he, time took that, he knocks as soon as door. he took that two shot lead on, on uh, 11. Yeah. It was like, or no, excuse me, 12. It was 11 or 12. Anyway, he takes the two, 12. He takes the two shot lead. For right, and yeah, it was right. just like he 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 understood the magnitude. Me or I'm assuming not, we're not in his head that the magnitude of the situation. Hell, I got a two shot lead at the U.S. Open with like five to play. Yeah, but on that four right <laughs> shot, he ended up chipping out and making par anyway. Right on on uh, on I thirteen. Made, I thought he made bogey on on no on, no. I thought he made bogey on twelve. Thought he lost a shot there. He no, tw- Twelve, he did. But I'm talking thirteen. Then thirteen, he makes scrapes out of par. Yeah, he bailed out right, and then and then scraped out par. Right. Yeah, you're right though. He he, on twelve, he he ended up hitting his wedge short, and it spun off the front of the green. Right. Right. Yeah. But you know what's the most amazing thing he did that day? What's that? He took off his pullover outer where he played in a golf shirt all day in those conditions. Yeah. I kept looking at that going, he's a skinny little guy. It's not like some burly Craig Stadler. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you've got the adrenaline going. You're playing in chilly, windy conditions. Um, I don't know. I just, I couldn't stop looking at that. Saturday was much tougher than Sunday um, in the sense of the wind because the wind was stronger and, and, you know, kind of changing direction on Saturday. Um, my, my brother was, was there on Sunday and he said, you know, the wind was, was up, but it was pretty consistent and it wasn't near as bad as it was Saturday, but it was cold for sure. It was cold. The other thing I was a little disappointed in a lot, maybe was a local guy, Keegan Bradley, hardly, hardly get any TV time. That was disappointing. Yeah. And he was, you know, he's playing. Okay. He was one under, I mean, he was hanging in there, but it was the occasional shot. Any, any of them shock, shock you? Anybody did? I mean, Rom, Rom did yeah. Rom shock you? I, I it kind of surprised me that he fell back as much as he did. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I thought he would play stronger uh, after. I mean, winning it and being in the mix in the cauldron. Yeah, I thought he would play better. Um, and I really thought a European would win. I mean, I should have put a bet on Fitzpatrick. Uh, I don't know. I I just thought. And, and Andy, you know, if you've been there, that that the country club has a real feel for more of a European course. Yeah. So I thought, you know, Wine I could, shots and yeah, and I thought Rory would play well. I, you know, you got to go with him, hot hand, Fitzpatrick. I thought uh, Rom would do well. Just that that look and feel of the place. I mean, they did do well. They they top yeah. ten there, right? So it's it's uh it's hard. I, I think, I think it's like we said, it's amazing how relevant Scheffler's game is every time he tees it up with the exception of the PGA. Right. Um, right. Zalatoris is, is relevant every time. He is going to be with his ball, but they're throwing around a lot of stats regarding his putting that he's, he hasn't th- missed a putt like within three feet all season. Yeah, you know they talk about his loop to loop and his figure eights stroke and his his putts. And what's interesting, and maybe this is a mental thing, maybe we need Stephen Yellen. Um, his putting strokes gained putting on uh, during majors is like insanely far ahead of what he is during regular tour events. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and if you look, if you look at his putting stroke, just visually look at it. He makes a great stroke at everything except the really short ones. And, and I, I have to wonder a little bit if his short putting stroke isn't somewhat on purpose, you know, because it looks like, you know, he pulls it back, he stops, he shifts, and then he pops it through. And it's almost like, I don't know, that might be something that he's doing because his, his mid length putting stroke is beautiful. Kids, kids not with that, with that ball striking ability, that kid's going to be at every single major going forward in his career. Yeah. I mean, certainly appears that way. He, he, and he, and he doesn't hit it short either. Now he likes, and he likes the environment. You know, that's a lot of good, a lot of good players have the nice swing, not ready for the environment. He seems to embrace it. Yeah. He's, he's steely focused without question. So speaking of steely focused, right. That the amazing thing to me is Fitzpatrick on the 15th hole. I was going to say, we ought to, we probably got to give some props to the guy that actually lifted the hardware. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, blows it way right. And I, I heard this guy call into PGA tour radio and the ball hit him in the back that, that drive that he blew right. And he ended up having like a, a pretty good live from 225 and hit a great shot and made birdie. But, um, the, the thing that struck me was he blows that drive right, picks up his tee, puts his driver back in the bag and says something to Billy Foster and they're laughing, right? I'm like, if that's not composure, I don't know what is, right? He felt so damn comfortable that with four holes to play in the U.S. Open, he's in the mix. He hits a ball way right and he's not... He's not nervous. He's not mad. He's not, he's laughing. Was that, was that when he, and I got to watch how I term this. Was that when he hit the um, Husky guy? <laughs> was it, was it, was it, was it Fitz that hit the, the more Husky patron? <laughs> I don't know that I saw who he hit on TV. I just, oh, there was that. one, there was one guy. He was clearly, he, he, he had the padding to take care of, to, to, to survive. To, to absorb the impact. To absorb the blow. <laughs> No, but his his mindset, um, the calmness that he was showing, yeah. and I heard I heard like on Tuesday or Wednesday somebody on the Golf Channel talking about, you know, maybe it was Brandel, whatever, just talking about how Matt Fitzpatrick, his game is in good shape. He's is you know record leading up to this is good, you know this is his time. I bought into what the guy was saying and and. When I did my pool, I picked Fitzpatrick. Just because, you, you know, that was, I bought into what Brandon was saying. But wow, he, it was his, it was his tournament. Well, I mean, how much, uh, I haven't seen a statistic, maybe you guys have, his, his newfound distance. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously noticeable. Like, He's bigger. If you look at those USAM photos to what he is now, he's bulked up. He's worked on that speed to get the speed going. Hey, he uses that that stack system from Sasha McKenzie, um, and he's trained pretty hard with it. And his speed gains have been, like, momentous, you know, huge. Um, and I, I forget who he was saying he was playing with um, – in one of the rounds and a couple times he was blowing it 20 yards by, I forget who it was, but it was, <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a long hitter now. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and accurate. Yep. That bunker shot he hit on 18. I, when, when I, I wasn't sure what, I, I would have guessed it was an eight iron at least, but he had nine iron. Um, that was a, that's a big hit. You can't appreciate and you've been there. 18 yeah. green, you've got the big bunker in front, the green sits up. I mean, it, it literally plays a about an extra club most times. And I think he had 158. Yeah. And hit a nine. I mean, it, and his interview was awesome because he was he was saying how I don't like fairway bunker shots. It's not it's not the shot that I want. 
And he said, the minute I hit it, he goes, I knew I flushed it. And I looked up and it was cutting toward the hole. And I mean, again, phenomenal play at the right time. 18 is such a great finishing hole there. It's it, awesome. re it really is. I mean, the, the challenge, obviously the uphill, but then the challenge even on the green itself. Um, I mean, the undulation on that green is insane. Yeah, the whole backside of that green, literally, it, you will never see a putt on the back third of the green because everything that's on the back of the green just funnels right back down to the middle. Yep. Um, and it is so sloping. And, and to Bobby's point, that thing sits up high, yeah. much higher than it looks on TV. Um, so when you're down there in the fairway looking at that, all you're looking at really is the, the face of those front bunker. Um and it's 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 an awesome finishing hole. I agree. Would you would you change anything about the country club? I wouldn't. I thought it was a great winning score. I mean, everything was right. I'm sure the only thing they everybody would want to change is the guest policy. <laughs> yeah, golf there. It's it's pure. It's pure. So no, I'm, really, I'm, really, I'm, in, I'm in looking at the looking at the back nine. I mean, did you did you like how it's set up? Yeah, yeah. It was neat having fourteen, the par five. That I mean, some guys could get there in two, but it's neat to have a a more real, realistic three shot hole, something that can get in your head to strategize. That was actually the tee shot hole we used for the drive chip and putt regionals there. We use that 14T. And then basically 13, you can't tell on TV or maybe you, I don't know, many people could tell, but at the end of the fairway of 13, there's actually a putting green there and they let it grow out. Yeah. And so that was the putting green for the drive chip and putt. The chip shot was the green they actually used on 13 for the chip. Yeah. Because so the, real, the real hole in the primrose the putting green that they grew in the fairway is the green for the, that hole. Yep. And then the par three goes over the pond. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they didn't, no mention of the old Tom Brady house off to the right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, why, why would they, why would they slight Tommy? Not just kidding. I know exactly. Yeah. No, I was just, I was looking at it from the perspective of, you know, 17, was it Friday or Saturday's round was playing so so short for the longer hitters to, to cut that line. Um, I mean, they were a couple of those guys literally had like a 30 yard chip. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think, on but, I guess, but I guess on the same, on the same token, I mean, Rom, Rom yanked it left and there's risk reward and everything. Right. Yep. Right. The interesting thing too, is, you know, that the, what I loved, Bobby, the, the 14th hole was that par five, which, which was in the last U.S. Open, it was the 12th hole and it was a par four. Yep. Exactly. Um, but now with that, with that kind of double fairway, the, the second part of the hole sits up, you know, being like 670 yards, I think it was, like if, if you hit it in the rough, you can't get it up on the second level. Right. So you're laying up down bottom and you have to hit this really hard third shot. So I thought that was a tremendous change that they made um, on that hole, especially. It was a really hard par four before, but I think it's a really good par five now. Ultimately, I hope that they, and I think there's some talk, it's not going to take 30 something years to come back. And I think they're looking at hopefully the 125th anniversary of Francis we met what's that 2033 or something like that. But um, I got to believe it's, it came back. It'll come back. Um, I mean, it's a great sports town, as we know, as good a course as you could find. It's just, uh, it sets up so well for an open. Yeah. Uh, Boston, Boston's a great market anyway for any sport. So, I mean, they, they need to come back there and come back there soon without question. So one, one little side note being, being boots on the ground out there. Um, Which we were unable, you ghosted us when we, uh, you know, not just telling everybody. I mean, we sent you text messages back. Hey, you know, can you, can you get a clearer picture? Or can you do this? And Bob, did you get, did you ever get a text back off of that? I didn't no. even get a souvenir yet. 
I don't recall seeing that. So, <laughs> but anyway, the interesting thing with uh, the lib players, there was no oh nice heck- segue, no heckling the lib players, like none. Like Phil, everyone was cheering on Phil. Everyone was cheering on Bryson, Kevin Na. I mean, nobody was heckling those guys that I heard. Hey, that, that state's known for some revolutions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's also known for heckling, too. Did you did you honestly think there was going to be? Oh, yeah. Did you really? Oh, yeah. See, I don't... I, I think the fans of golf, they look at it as... All right, well, let's dive into live, all right? Because that's... Because we have to. Because we got to. It's the yeah. big topic, right? And I'm sitting here, and there's part of me. I'm, I'm, I find myself waffling back and forth. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, the announcement Tuesday by Monahan about the about you know the new structure, and we're going to do these tour events, and we're going to do this. Clearly, in in result to uh, um, to live, that was their their volley back. But I, it's like it's like when I want to change from one of my internet providers to another one, and they're like, well, we can give you a price break now because we do this. Well, if you could have done that for me from the get-go, why didn't okay. you? In their defense, that when they signed their new television deal a couple of years ago, they talked openly about raising the purses. So they've been talking about this for a while. Um, in, in another point, and I'm, I'm, I'm 100% on the PGA Tour side, 100%. Um, because who signs that deal? Who negotiates that deal? The PGA Tour does. The, the Jay Monahans of the world get in that room and negotiate those deals. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, it's not just about, you know, the players playing for more money. It's they're, they're allowed to play for more money because the organization is set up to the point where, where they've made it a commercial you know, massive success. And I, I, I completely, and by the way, my allegiance is, is more oriented towards the, the PGA tour as well, but I get it. I mean, I, I, I got all the reasons, the hokiness, you know, I hate the shotgun start. I hate the, I hate the, uh, um, I, I, I don't like the 50 player. I don't like the team thing, the whole, you know, whatever. Um, but, the i understand why they're going there they're they're chasing the dollars but oh, absolutely absolutely I'm, and they've been chasing dollars for years in china all the other countries that are sketchy i mean it's, it's that part's not the new yeah i don't blame one player for going i don't blame one like like I would do the same exact thing. If someone's going to lay that money at their doorstep, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think twice about going, you know, if I were Rory or JT, I'd think twice about going, but if I were some of those other older players or younger unestablished players, I, I wouldn't think twice. I mean, it's, you have to do it for the money. Um, but, you know, it, the other, the other point too, is that, all of the things that live is are for the benefit of the player, right? I mean, it's more money, obviously it's playing less golf. That's for the benefit of the player. Um, the whole playing less golf during that week is for the benefit of the player. Right. So does that help the consumer, the, the golf fan? Not in my mind. Like, like how are those things good for the fans? I don't see it. I, I, that's one of the things I don't. I don't disagree with. I yeah. I, I understand why they're all jumping to to, to live golf. Um, the the rival organizations. You know, I'll go back to a statement you made, which was, "What's the end game? What do they hope to get out of this? Are they is their goal going to be that we're gonna we're gonna take out the the PGA Tour?" And we're going to have the own, we're suddenly going to be the monopoly that they're accusing the, the PGA Tour of being. I don't know. Is that is that the objective? 
kind of seems that way to me. Yeah. I, I mean, Monahan, Monahan's other statement, he's like, look, if, if you're asking us to compete financially against, uh, you know, a sovereign state, well, monarchy, not, he monarchy, said a monarchy, monarchy. Yeah. Not, they don't have the resources to do that. Nope. Now I heard a, uh, a really interesting, uh, replay of, uh, Rich Eisen's, uh, podcast radio show. Alan Shipnuck was on there. He wrote the, the book on Phil and, he had some really, really, really interesting comments. And, you know, the bullet things were, one of them was what I said on one of our, our podcasts here recently. It's just interesting that the moment this thing was coming out, there was no sense of any, any intelligent adult conversation just for three minutes between the tour and say Greg Norman. It was, it went from zero to 500. You're dead to me. You're dead. Like it's just nuclear war. Yep. And uh, Chipnuck said he had some really cool ideas about how there could have been, maybe there could be still a working relationship between the two entities that could possibly work. Um, you know, you'd have to, it was a really nice uh, interview on that Rich Eisen uh, radio show, but uh, there was definitely, you know, he brought up some really good ideas that there could be some, some, something there between the two. Don't you think though, if, if that were the, the intent that Greg Norman would never been involved. I mean, Greg Norman burned the PGA Tour bridge a long, long time ago. Oh, he he absolutely, I believe, is the catalyst, the yeah. firecracker, the burning yeah. views of "I will get my due." You stole the you stole the, uh, world, the golf. world golf the world golf event concept from me, and you know I. I he's gonna he's gonna change change the landscape of professional golf yep yeah oh. i think that's right and then phil jumps in with you know their, his professional likeness and and feeling that he should be here's the part and maybe it's because i'll never have that kind of money i just don't understand what when's enough when's enough enough i mean would do you want to chase if, if you're a youngster coming out and, and you're or you're JT and you're coming out, are you chasing 82 titles on the PGA tour? Cause that's what the history of the game, are you chasing the majors? And of course, if they're allowed into all the majors, then they can continue to chase them. Is their game going to be sharp? They didn't win this week. Well, uh, be, before you say anything else, let me just go down the list for you. Fire away. So, I think there were like 15 or 16 players from live that were in the, were in the field at, uh, at Brookline. Yes. Yeah. Four of them made the cut. DJ was the lowest finisher at tied for 24th. Patrick Reed, uh, Richard Bland and Bryson all made the cut. And then the rest of them missed the cut. Sergio Pyatt, Taylor Gooch, Kevin, Na, Brandon Grace, Sam Horsfield, Louie, Sean Norris, Phil Mickelson, you know, uh, that uh, Japanese guy Kazuma and Jed Morgan. I mean, like, like that's a poor showing. And at the end of the day, let's let's say, let's say somebody decided that they were going to go, you know, to the NBA D League and pay these guys ten times what the best NBA players are making. Right. As a fan, does that make you want to watch the D-League? doesn't make me want to watch the D-League. I want to watch the best. And clearly, what's going on here is not even close to the best. Uh, agreed. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have a here's, here's my question. I'm going to, I might have this hashtag, Ogletree Watch. Yeah. <laughs> He's not in the field for Portland. That's a good one. Well, I, I saw the, the list of the field for Portland. So all these guys who are at the end of the list, they're gonna they're gonna slowly and surely have no place to play. Well, that's that and that I haven't I been saying that for what you, happens, you what have happens been when they get to what happens when they keep getting now they have now they have Kepka. Now they have Abraham Ansar. What, ha, what happens that. to where's Andy Ogletree? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I know he made he just pocketed one hundred twenty thousand for shooting twenty four over. And by the way, I'm a big fan. Of, I like the kid. I think he's had some injuries, but what happens to that kid? Yep, Payot. He that kid's got game. I mean, he was he's in the field. He was hanging. He was hanging tight at the open for a little while there. Chase Kepka's in the field, and you know, like he's ranked sixteen hundred and fortieth in the world. <laughs> So I don't know. That all changes though if if you know Scheffler and Zalatoris and Rory and and JT and all those guys decided they're gonna make the move over, that whole dynamic changes. Um but I'm thinking that that's not happening. I don't I don't see that happening at all. Here you go, Alan. You you would need a uh... Well, I was trying to draw a little uh, segue into uh, Congo. Um, for those all to move, you need an act of Congress. So there you go. I like how you did that. Take it away. Yeah, but no, but before that, I was covering uh, the Meyer. I mean, let's before we get to the KPMG, which we got to talk about dollars there. Uh, uh, the Meyer uh, LPGA Classic out in Grand Rapids. They played that at uh, Blythefield, um, yep. which always gets a huge powerful field into it nelly corda defending champion i don't want to sound like a sports reporter you can google this folks but but i mean i was i was uh covering that throwing up all the stuff on social try to give the ladies their due that had some great action jennifer cup 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 excuse me um basically led first round second round uh gets into a playoff uh with nelly nelly looks like she's almost back to form after her uh, medical issues. And I mean, there was seven of the top 10 ladies in the world in that field out in Michigan preparing for the Congo this week. (laughs) (laughs) KPMG. And did they shock the world? Everybody's throwing money around. Why don't they throw money at us? We're next. next. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if Andy Hydorn keeps winning club championships. He could make the jump to live. If Andy, just, if Andy Hydorn keeps getting TikTok followers, we're going to definitely get the money. Hey, how about this? I, I hit 1 million views on my TikTok. Wow. That's impressive. That's not bad, right? Yeah. It's all about, and, it's and all about I have, control. And I have one top five in the club championship this year. There we go. <laughs> There's six guys, Andy. You told us. Still a top five, Alan. Top five. It's a full top field. Five. The full field. All right. So the KPMG, uh, KPMG doubled the purse basically, went from like four point eight to nine point six million dollars. Biggest purse I think ever for uh, an LPGA event. Yep. Love it. Deserving. Cup two one wins uh, out in Grand Rapids and, and makes three hundred seventy five thousand. Crazy. That's now, crazy. look, there is an economics to this, and and I I keep urging if you have an LPGA event in your area, go watch it. First of all, the the players are engaging, they play great golf, and they deserve to get some recognition. I was the galleries in Grand Rapids. There, there wasn't anybody down the one whole side of the hole and they're showing the leaders. I was just, it was embarrassing actually in that regard. Yeah, it's tough though. I mean, you're, if, if you're a golf fan, you're up against the U S open, you know, I, I get it. And then they, and they actually, they scheduled their, they, they scheduled their um, television uh, time so that they were basically done. I mean, I don't know what time the ladies got up that morning to, to finish their rounds, but yeah. uh, they, they scheduled it. Uh, Congo, Bobby, you've played it a million times. I played it. Um, Andy, have you ever played the Congo? I, I haven't played the blue. I played the white. Yeah. It's, uh, it's long. There's no other way to describe it. I mean, it's long. I think they're playing it at 6,700 this week. And greens are massive. I mean, it's it's going to be a great and they just did some remodel down there, so it's going to be a great test of golf um, for the ladies. Yeah, it should be very very good. I think we get a worthy champion. It's uh, it's just a, a big course. It's one of those just big, and they did some changes. They 
did some run well cleaning out some of the trees and things and um yeah it's interesting sometimes you get real big greens or subtleties these are big greens and they're they're kind of tricky uh, sometimes you got small greens that are tricky quirky um i don't know it's just a it's just an awesome test i i'm gonna go nelly corda i i just i mean i think it's a bomber's golf course yeah, you're gonna have to hit it. I mean, if you look at you look you look back when the when the men played their champion. I mean, it was Rory, it was Ernie, it was it was guys can uh, can spank it. Yep. Yep. So uh, uh, that's 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 my pick. I think Nelly comes back and defends back to back champions. And they have a great clubhouse too. A lot of history there. Oh yeah. That that, that building is unbelievable. Our, our longtime good friend, Johnny Lieberger, was the director of golf there for many years. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, if you were following our social, you'll know the other big big news is um, I went shopping. <laughs> Demo I'm days. Searching, I'm searching for distance. <laughs> Demo days. Yeah. Demo days were good. Played a little mixed bag. Going to go, go, gonna go uh, hey, Titleist. Shout out to you guys if you'd like to uh, throw me a bone. But, um, you know, putting some uh, T100S in my bag, I think, Andy. Yeah, I'm still a Callaway guy, so I'm right. pretty loyal. <laughs> pretty loyal on that end. <laughs> that goes way back. And I'm, I'm going to have a mixed bag because I'm going I'm to be uh, throwing some stealth, uh, a stealth driver in there. I saw, I saw that as well. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Andy, Andy, I was telling the, the 1991 story at Weston Golf Club with about you and yeah, um, to somebody this week. That story lives on. Mass Open qualifier. Yeah, yeah, for That's sure. All right, so Andy, it's your favorite time. I'm going to tee it up for you again. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. What do you got? So. I'm, I'm going to dig it, and I'm sorry Christian's not here. That's, um, we can dig it, Christian. That's fine. So we're going to dig it, Christian and Andrew both, right? So right. Um, it's, it seems to me like this Gen Z slash millennial age group has a problem with, with the PGA Tour. And, and on social media, everything I see seems to be you know, the, the group that's our age are generally speaking on the PGA's tour side and, and uh, you know, the, the younger generations are on the, the live side. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I just think that uh, at the end of the day, I don't hear any really good reasons other than, you know, they don't, they don't like authority. They don't want to support, you know, the PGA's big, big authority, right? Um, and they automatically go to the live side. And I don't know. That's that's my don't be that guy. So is that a don't be that age group? Don't be that age group. <laughs> <laughs> don't be that demographic. I don't want. Okay, I want to jump one more point on live real quick. I could absolutely one hundred ten percent support a world tour type model. Absolutely. Similar to the ATP tennis, the LPGA is there where you play some, some events. I mean, we're a global market now. I mean, if you, if you, if they want to steal the idea and, and try to promote it, that we're building, you know, growing the game, which was all fodder for the truth that they just wanted to steal players. Why don't make it a little bit more of a world tour? We're playing in, Mexico now we're playing uh, down in the Caribbean. Why don't we have a PGA tour event elsewhere? I know there's obviously other associations, but what have you, that's my only other comment on that. Yeah. And I think, I think that's being addressed. Yeah. I think in Jay Monahan's talk today, they're addressing that. So my closing thoughts, that wasn't my closing thoughts. My closing thoughts, I got I to gotta give a shout out because I, I know he catches some heat quite a bit. But he was my guy back in the 90s when I wanted to try to, well, I randomly thought I could actually play. Nick Faldo announces his retirement this week from broadcasting. 
shout out to Nick. I mean, the guys, the guys accomplished a lot and, and uh, he deserves to ride off into the sunset and enjoy, enjoy the game and his time. So shout out to Nick Falda. Andy. That's, that's a great one. Um, my final thought is, is just throw a little attention this week on the U S senior open, which is at one of my favorite places on the planet. Soccer right up the road from me. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's just such a great facility, a great golf course. And, and, uh, you know, as you talk about, about the golf landscape and all the golf that's out there, majors matter. So we have a ladies major and a senior major this week. And I'm way more interested in that than I am in watching the travelers. Agreed. Bobby. Uh, closing thought is, uh, yeah. I'll reiterate it. Well, two things. You took my Nick Faldo thing. I, I was kind of shocked about that, but uh, they looks like they got Trevor Immelman taking his spot. Hopefully Trevor can do well. Um, but I, I'll kind of miss Nick. He had some really, really good insights. Um, but also, uh, you know, yeah, I hope the uh, U.S. Open does get solidified back to the country club. I think it was really, really sets up really, really great for golf. Um, and you know, one final quick thing is uh, go play Twilight Golf. There's nothing magic, nothing more soothing and magical than being on a golf course late in the day. That's the truth. God bless. Yeah, that's right. A great. That's a great point. I mean, there is the Twilight of the show, Twilight Golf. Love how you did that. And the, the, the contours and the shadowing on the golf course. Yep. I'm not even going to tell you to hit it long and straight because you will hit it long <laughs> and straight. And maybe, and maybe short and crooked. Boys, have a great week. All right, guys. Enjoyed it. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30-plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan Depew today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.